Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Also, a little bit later today, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is always with us on Fridays. We talk IU football and basketball with Dylan. And then later in the show today, we will have Shane Stock. He's the new Jeffersonville baseball coach. He was approved earlier this week. Shane comes to the Jeff program with a lot of head coaching experience, mainly at the college level. And so we'll get introduced to Coach Stock a little bit later in our show today. That's the show lineup service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. You can send a text to the show. It could be a question, a comment. Are you going to a high school football game tonight? Your predictions on Western Kentucky at Indiana tomorrow. Whatever you want to talk about, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Again, 502 502- 2414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Let's go right to our first guest, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, thanks for your flexibility today. Normally you close the week uh, in the final segment. Today you're opening our Friday show and glad to have you with us. I'm like that closer who moves to the opener uh, spot for a couple <laughs> innings. That, that's uh, that, that's my role today. Absolutely. Kyle Nedrip, <laughs> always flexible. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, I saw a really interesting photo yesterday, and I wanted to start our conversation with that. But Mike Woodson and Coach Roseman, one of his assistants, and Matt Painter, the head coach at Purdue, we all know those guys, uh, both down in southern Indiana yesterday uh, to watch Trent Sicily and Heritage Hills in an early season practice or open gym or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I think it was maybe Trent's sister that uh, jumped in. She's an athlete uh, herself. She jumped in for a photo, not just with Coach Woodson or not just with Coach Painter, but she got both of them sitting 
standing just a few feet from each other on the sideline uh, as they watch her brother. I thought that was an interesting photo, and it kind of shows some of the behind-the-scenes recruiting activity where there's a huge rivalry between Indiana and Purdue. But when these guys are together, basically alone in a high school gym, focused on the same in-state player that's beginning to break out on a national scene, they sit next to each other, they take pictures together, uh, pretty cordial with each other. So just kind of one of the oddities of recruiting I thought I would mention today. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, I think when you cover, um, you know, and you're out at recruiting events and you see how the coaches sort of, you know, interact with each other and, and there are exceptions to that in some cases, but, you know, I think for the most part when it's, you know, they're, they're human beings and, you know, they're, you know, they're out, uh, you know, just out there, you know, recruiting and, and talking as, as regular people, you know, and I think that's something that, you know, you kind of get up in the, caught up in the, you know, rivalries and in the sort of the online anger and message boards and Twitter and whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're basketball people. Yeah. They're going to go after each other and try to beat each other. And they battle on the recruiting fronts, obviously, especially in this case. And then with a lot of in-state players, but you, know, at the end of the day, they're, they're, uh, you know, most of them know each other and they have a history going back that goes before, um, you know, where they're at now. So yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And I think something that, uh, you have to keep in mind. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis star starting our Friday program with us today. As far as Trent Sicily, the player, the recruit, obviously Indiana and Purdue, very interested. Both have offered scholarships. Both were some of the first schools to reach out and contact him. He's been on both campuses, but his recruitment is growing. Is he with Jalen Harrelson at Fishers as far as becoming the next big name from Indiana, or is Harrelson still ahead of him as far as in the level of his recruitment? No, I mean, I think they're right together uh, with each other, and they know each other well, too, because they've, they've played together, um, you know, and so there's a relationship there. I'm not saying that has anything to do with where they'll end up going, but it is another kind of a, a layer to that, uh, you know, when you lump those two together, it's more than just like, oh, yeah, I've heard of him or whatever. They, they're they very familiar and friendly with each other, so you know, that's another, and I think, you know, because of they play different positions basically. And you know, even though they're roughly the same size, they're kind of different type of players. Um, you know, you'd be foolish not to want both of them. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, any of the schools who are recruiting them, which there are quite a few who are, you know, including IU and Purdue, there's several others who are, who are both after them. So, but yeah, I think I I wouldn't, you know, I know Jalen is slightly ahead of uh, Trent and most of like the, you know, I was looking at all the national recruiting rankings and, and kind of posted something yesterday uh, just about where everybody stands. And, and right now, like for the, the 2025 class, you know, not all of the recruiting services have their rankings out yet or they're kind of limited as far as like uh, I think ESPN is a top 40 and, you know, someone else had a top 25, but it's just it's not as filled out yet as what it will be. But, you know, they're in the same ballpark, and I think it's just kind of – probably Jalen slightly ahead because he's maybe more of a, you know, a ball handler. He's like a six, six guard point guard basically. And, or can be, if that's what you want him to be. Uh, and Trent can handle the ball too, but he's probably what you'd classify more of a wing type of player. So, you know, I think that's maybe a little bit uh, why, and Jalen's just really good. Both of them are, and they both, you know, I think I've told you this before, but I, they just both play really hard. And so I think, you know, they're not, uh, 
you know, sometimes you see uh, boys, especially, you know, you know, the kind of, you kind of, uh, I think we've all been through this. You kind of get caught up in what looks cool uh, sometimes. And, and those two don't seem to be, you know, they just play really hard, you know? And so I think that's a, you know, that's something I think when people watch them too, it's like, yeah, they really, they get after it. They're aggressive. They're assertive. They're, you know, um, you know, it's kind of, even in the top 100 this summer, you know, underclass showcase, the, the workout at, at Brownsburg, I thought both of them, uh, even though there were older players in that event, they kind of took charge of their specific teams and groups. So, you know, I thought that was a good sign too. But yeah, I, I would say, you know, even though Jalen's slightly ahead, I mean, they're both probably, you know, if you were to put a top 40 together, they're certainly in that uh, in the country. And I, I would think potentially even higher than that, you know, maybe even top 20, you know, type players. So, uh, and I see no reason for that to not be the case by the time they're seniors. Along those lines, I know that some new national rankings have come out recently. We have mentioned some of them here on the program. But as far as in-state players go, anybody making a surprising debut or big jump in the national rankings worth mentioning? Yeah, I was, you know, I think I think probably the one, you know, and, and this goes back a little bit because we saw, you know, with Xavier Booker, with, with where he ended up, I think, um, you know, not ended up necessarily because there's still time for, you know, some changes along those lines. But, you know, I think for him to be, you know, and I know rivals had him number one in the country. And, you know, kind of when I see that, I'm kind of like, man, I, you know, I, it, I, I'm not saying he's not that, but it's like, man, that's a lot to put on somebody to be number one in the country. But, you know, I think he's certainly, I think the lowest he was, was uh, 12, you know, on three sports as their rankings. Now they're probably the newest of the recruiting services. Uh, so he, it's anywhere from one to 12. And I think that's, that's, uh, kind of a testament to what he did at the end of the season for cathedral, probably the second half of the season. And then, you know, in the spring, I think he really impressed uh, a lot of the recruit, the recruiting guys who hadn't seen him play a lot. And I think that's where that came from. And I think still with Xavier, you're kind of looking at potential uh, as much as what he's doing, because he is sort of a prototype, uh, you know, uh, current NBA type of player where he can step out, shoot the threes, you know, can, can, uh, you know, obviously with his size at 6'11", he's can play inside and, and block shots and all those sorts of things, but also has that versatility. He runs the floor really well. So, you know, the kind of all those things that make up the current NBA, uh, you know, for a big man is what he does really well. So, you know, I think that's where that stems from. Maybe people were surprised to see him number one, I guess, is a long answer to, to, to that uh, question. But, you know, there's, there's others, I think, in the – I think we saw, um, you know, like Marcus Burton from Penn, you know, jump up. He ended up committing to Notre Dame, and, you know, he ended up being in the top 150 by Rivals and 24-7. I think Rivals had him 126. Um, you know, I still think people are a little bit sleeping on Logan Imes from uh, Zionsville, and, and partly because he's had some injuries he's had to deal with, but he's headed to Penn State. Uh, he's 185, I think, by 24-7 sports, but I think he could be higher. And then, honestly, Flory Badunga has been like, you know, he's he's kind of similar to Booker in that he's now top 10 in 2024 class, uh, the uh, 6'9 uh, Kokomo player uh, who, you know, last year at this time no one really knew anything about because he'd come in uh, first year at Kokomo. He's an African uh, kid, and, and man, he's, he's, 
he's going to hit his Kansas offered him recently. He's top 10 by, you know, all the, all the services. I think he's four by 24 seven sports, but top 10 in everybody's list for 2024. So that's maybe another uh, surprise. I don't know if any of the other names are really surprising as much as, uh, as in Florida's not surprising if you've seen him play, but, you know, maybe surprising in that he's top 10 in the country based on, you know, no one really knowing him last, last year at this time. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star, a little recruiting to start our program today. You know, Kyle, I know Indiana fans are up in arms a little bit right now that there's not been a lot of movement with 2023 recruits. There have been some big targets. Some have been on campus that Indiana has not been able to land. And really, there's one big name, Arrington Page, uh, still left on the 2023 board for IU in this 2023 class. Now, there's still the recruit, the uh, transfer portal. There's still late things that can happen, uh, and obviously, still plenty of time to find players. But I, I don't know about you, but as I look at college recruiting classes and watch them come together, um, I, I don't sense the urgency. Now, maybe it's different for a college coach. It's their program. They're in charge. But I don't sense the urgency because of all the things that can happen these days and namely the transfer portal. There seems to be a lot more ability for things to come together late, whether it's a transfer, whether it's a, a coaching change where uh, all of a sudden a player gets out of their national uh, letter of intent. But uh, that urgency at least for guys like you and I that follow this stuff and cover this stuff, maybe doesn't seem to be the same as it was just three or four years ago. No, it's changed. I think you're right. I was going to say that three or four years ago, uh, five years ago, this was different, you know, and it was more uh, kind of what we were used to covering. Now it's, it has changed. There's so much flexibility and, and I don't think you have to be quite as, uh, you know, uh, jump to conclusions as to, you know, what are we, September, mid-September, you know, there's still so much time for the 2023 class to take shape and, and who's going to leave, who's, who's, you know, maybe a unforeseen transfer that uh, leaves the program to open up a spot, you know, so that there's always that uh, now there's sort of that uh, domino effect uh, that, that uh, you just don't know, you know, you get through this season here and things look completely different. Recruiting's always been, uh, kind of the, that was the nature of recruiting as things changed dramatically in a, in a few months and now even more so. So, you know, they, they've got, <clears throat> you know, Ja'Kai Newton and uh, Gabe Cups in that class, who I think are both, you know, really good, will be good additions and, and probably, you know, the guards who are maybe more of the four-year type players. I mean, who knows about that either, but uh, at this point you would probably think that they're top 100 players and, and you know, I think will be good players at IU. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's just so much time left, uh, for, for, you know, whatever to happen to happen. And in the transfer portal, you can end up adding somebody that may fill a need that you don't even know that's the need you have right now. So, you know, it is, it's a, it's kind of, you have to, um, you know, recruit the portal for sure. And that's become, as we know, kind of, uh, an, uh, an unfortunate byproduct for the high school players somewhat. So, uh, maybe their recruiting is a little bit slower because they just have they don't have that track record yet that a that a guy in college does. Yeah, no question. T Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, before we let you go, what high school football game in the Indy area uh, will you be at tonight? I'll be at the old East Side West Side uh, rivalry, the Ben Davis Warren Central game uh, tonight, That's and, a big and one. both yeah, both teams uh, I think are capable of. of especially Ben Davis, uh, possibly making a really deep tournament run. But 
one of those games you always kind of throw the records out because it's they, those kids know each other well and uh you know it's always last year was 57 56 warren central so he's hopefully i will have tracked that many scoring plays tonight but it, i'm sure it'll be a good game Absolutely. Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, kind enough today to fl- uh, switch up and join us in the opening segment. Kyle, thanks. Have a great weekend. Enjoy week five already of high school football. It's crazy to say that, and we'll talk with you next week. Halfway home, so I, I appreciate it, Matt. Absolutely. Kyle Nedrip with us here on this Friday program. Let's also go through the schedule for area games tonight. The Battle of Unbeatens. Uh, is headlining things. That is Charlestown 4-0 at Providence tonight, who is 3-0 on the season, a 7 o'clock kickoff in that game. Jeffersonville and Floyd Central, that's a rivalry game, a Hoosier Hills Conference game, and both of those teams definitely could use a win tonight uh, in the rivalry game. Scottsburg at Silver Creek. New Albany will host Columbus East at Burke Field tonight. Clarksville will host Eastern Green tonight. And Rock Creek, they will play at Waldron and eight-man football, that is a Saturday game for the Lions. So a full slate of high school football this week. Nothing bigger tonight than Charlestown and Providence. I think Providence, excuse me, Charlestown, has got to be the big favorite in that game. Uh, Charlestown is rolling. Last week they knocked out previously unbeaten North Harrison, basically with ease. I think they can do the same tonight against Providence, but It should be noted, and we had Coach McDonald of Providence on earlier in the week, the Pioneers 3-0. They have beat some quality small school ball clubs. I think this Providence team could put it together and have a good postseason this year. Obviously some injuries and things to deal with, but they have had a really, really nice start to the season. And I think tonight will be a fun environment at at Providence for uh, for the big game. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dylan Wallace. He's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll get into IU football. They take on Western Kentucky on Saturday. We'll get Dylan's thoughts on that game. Also, we'll get into some basketball as well. And still ahead, Shane Stock, the new coach of the Jeffersonville baseball program. All ahead here on the Friday edition of our program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. A couple things I want to mention before we get to our next guest. High school football tonight, you know, we have St. X from Louisville on the Big X this season. So if you're looking for Southern Indiana high school football, Jeffersonville at Floyd Central is the game tonight. It's a big one. It's a rivalry game. I mentioned in the first segment, both of those teams desperately could use a win in this game tonight. The game will be broadcast on our sister station, our friendly station, ESPN 680 uh, AM and 105.7 FM. So Justin Kalen will have the call of Jeff and Floyd tonight. Uh, Our Southern Indiana football coverage bumped over to ESPN 680 AM and 105.7 FM. So don't forget to flip that on if you're out and about tonight wanting to know what's going on with high school football here in Southern Indiana. Also, another plug for an event that I'm involved in. It's called the Harvest Hoop Fest 3-on-3 Outdoor Tournament. It takes place 
all day Saturday, basically, at Kevin Hammersmith Park in Floyd County, right just north of New Albany behind Northside Christian Church. 47 teams. You've got a number of different divisions, uh, players as young as third and fourth grade. There's also a men's 18 and over division. A lot of familiar names. You'll see a lot of good players in some of these divisions. And if you're missing basketball, you want to see some great outdoor half-court street ball action. Uh, Romeo Court, uh, the nice outdoor court with the glass backboards. Phillips Pavilion, it's a covered court. Again, very nice scoreboards, top-flight outdoor facilities. Those courts will be rocking all day tomorrow from 8.30 on with games every Every 30 minutes so a lot of action should be a great crowd there'll be some food trucks available and uh, just a really neat uh, deal it's part of harvest homecoming it's put together by floyd county parks and recreation uh, and so it kind of kicks off for me at least the fall season with harvest homecoming uh, just around the corner so a lot of fun and a lot of work for me on saturday but check it out uh, if you're looking for basketball there's no admission but you need to bring a, a bag chair or lawn chair or blanket, uh, whatever you want. Uh, it's going to be fun. A good day of basketball from youth uh, all the way to adult. And there's some good players in that adult division. Some former standouts here in the area have teams that will be battling against each other uh, all day Saturday. It looks like the weather is going to be really good as well. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with me on Fridays. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Dylan, Indiana and Western Kentucky on Saturday. What are your thoughts? Um, I think after last week, you know, I think Indiana fans are a little bit nervous heading into this game. Um, it, it's, it's a big game for, for the Hoosiers. You know, they're going to have it at home. Uh, the first kind of early kickoff of the year, they've had two night games, so um, that might be a little nice switch of pace. But, you know, if a lot of people remember last year's game um, going to West Kentucky, you know, that, that, was a, that was a tough back-and-forth battle. You know, it was one of Indiana's two wins a year, but, you know, their defense really struggled with kind of the high-octane, high-fast-paced kind of West Coast offense that West Kentucky runs. A lot of passing, a lot of throwing the ball from them. Um, so, you know, they, they, they struggled a lot to keep up with West Kentucky last year. And even though they were able to pull out the win, uh, I think fans didn't feel too great after that game. And, and after kind of seeing the team struggle against Idaho, um, mainly offensively, you know, you didn't score any points in the first half. I think everyone's a little skeptical coming into this game. I think it helps that it's at home. Um, I think they hope that can be an advantage to them. But, you know, when you're looking at the roadmap, the six wins and getting back to a bowl game, uh, this is this is one of those games that you got to win. This is one of those games that you circle and say, you know, hey, you know, if they start the year three and zero, you know, that's that's some really good momentum. You know, you've already passed the win total of last year. You know, you're feeling really good about yourself before you know a, a top twenty five road game uh, the next week on the road. So um, this is going to be a big, a really big game for Indiana. Um, and I think West Kentucky, even though they've switched up coordinators, they don't have. Uh, Bailey Zapp anymore. He moved on to the NFL, so they have they have some guys in different positions, but they still, you know, produce sort of that same high octane offense. I mean, you look at their first two games; they scored, you know, forty or more points, I think, in both of them. So, so the, they've been scoring the ball a lot. They're going to put up a lot of points, and I think the big question is: Can Indiana's defense slow them down a bit, as they did not last year, and can the offense keep up? And I think that's the big thing that people are are a little nervous about. You know, Indiana's offense struggled to put points on the board. Uh, against Idaho, they, they had a better second half and got to 35. Um, I, you know, they, they, they struggled a little bit against Illinois, too. So I think that's the biggest thing right now is can Indiana keep up with West Kentucky. Uh, it's a big game, though. It's, it's, a, it's a noon kick, so, you know, fans will be out early at the tailgating field. So it, it should be a fun environment, but um, it, it's, it's probably one of those, you know, you don't want to say must win, but it's a really important game for Indiana this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I can tell you my thoughts. Uh, a first half uh, like Indiana played against Idaho may be a recipe for disaster uh, in this week three game for the Hoosiers. I just don't think Indiana can afford against a solid Western Kentucky team. I don't think they're near the team they were last season, as you yeah. touched on, but I just don't think Indiana can afford to get off to that kind of start again this week. No, no chance. Um, that was just that was really brutal uh, what happened last week, and you know you can you could factor in a bunch of things. The weather was terrible, it was downpouring a lot. There was the game was delayed. You're already waiting all day, and now you got to wait more. Sure, you can say all that, but you know both teams have to deal with that. Idaho managed to score ten points, and Indiana managed to score zero. So you know I'm I'm not really building in those excuses there. You know you you got to find you know you got to find ways to put put points on the board, especially against an FCS team. Um, so so that was just a, a big concern. And, and I do think, you know, the guys deserve some credit coming out in the second half. Obviously, they opened things up. They got the run game going a bit, um, which was nice to see. But, you know, I, I think this is going to be one of those things where, hey, you know, if, if I think I've seen some people look at it this way. Like, if that first half was a way to sort of get Indiana to wake up a little bit and be like, hey, you know, this is, this is not what you need to be playing like. You know, maybe they're, they've kind of woken themselves. Maybe they're a little bit more aware. Maybe they're a little bit more ready to come ready to play this Saturday. So, you know, you hope that that plays into their benefactor. But, but you're right. I mean, if they start out the game as poor on offense, a little movement of the ball, not being able to get anything going, it's going to be tough um, against West Kentucky team. Like I said, you know, they scored 38 points in the first game. They scored 49 in the second game. You know, Indiana has, has not has scored 35 as their highest. So, you know, obviously it, it, that all depends on opponents and matches and all that kind of stuff. But this, this team likes to score a lot. That, that's coming into Bloomington tomorrow. So, you know, can you slow them down? I think, I think that's going to be one of the big things is, is uh, okay, you know, I'm not saying this should be a shootout and the offense needs to score 40 points to win, but can Indiana's defense, which, which coming into the season we all thought could be probably the strong suit of the team, probably the side of the ball that, you know, could help Indiana win football games, can that side of the ball step up? Um, I think we saw we're all impressed with Desan McCullough, the freshman coming in. You know, he had a really great game last week. You know, there's Cam Jones in, in, the, linebacker, in the linebacking group. You know, and the secondary is really experienced too. Can that side of the ball, who, who struggled at West Kentucky last year, can they slow down this offense a little bit to, to help Indiana's offense, you know, to put, put less pressure on them to, you know, maybe score a whole bunch of points. So I'm, I'm really looking at Indiana's defense here, and if they come out, ready to go and can really kind of slow down this Western Kentucky offense. It's going to be fast-paced. You know, they're going to get up to the line of scrimmage fast and snap the ball. You're not going to have a lot of time to, to catch your breath, but, but can they get ready for that and try to slow it down? So that's the big area that I'm looking at, the big kind of matchup that, that I'm curious about. And if they're able to do that, you know, I think Indiana will have a decent shot. Because if you can slow Western Kentucky down, Indiana's offense might not have to be, you know, the best we've ever seen. It can just be, you know, somewhat average like it has been, and, and they should be able to pull out the win. So, you know, big, big game, but, yeah, you cannot afford to start how you did last Saturday. And I think everyone knows that. You know, I think Tom Allen knows that. I think Walt Bell knows that. I think the players know that. I think they were all disappointed at how they came out against Idaho, and um, you're just hoping they're, they're ready to correct it. You know, they haven't lost yet, and I hope they're feeling good and, and can continue to get that rolling on Saturday. Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor for the Seymour Tribune, is with me talking IU football and basketball. The odds makers that I can see here mostly have Indiana as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. How would you play this game, Dylan? Um, I, I'm curious. You know, I, I don't know. Indiana, you know, they, they, they were favored by, what, 24 against Idaho. Obviously didn't cover that. Um, you know, I think they were favored by – Two, or maybe it was one and a half. I think the Illinois game actually got pretty close to a pick and I think they were able to, to win that one, obviously. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's tough to envision Indiana kind of blowing a team out. I don't think this Indiana team is really capable of really blowing any teams out this year. 
Um, so I think if you're looking at that aspect, you know, how this Hoosier team will win games, a lot of, you know, close games coming down to the wire. I, I expect this game to be pretty close in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, I, I would say Kentucky, West Kentucky has a good chance to, to potentially cover this game. But, you know, you never know. You know, a late touchdown here or there, you know, could give the Hoosiers the edge. Um, you know, that, that six and a half is always interesting because, you know, if you win by a touchdown, you're, you're going to cover. So, you know, I don't know. I, I would probably – you know, if I were if I were gambling on it, I, I might be a little interested in the Western Kentucky line, um, just because I think uh, just what they're able to do. Also, I don't know what the over is at, but maybe maybe that because they like to score the ball a lot. And if Indiana, if Indiana keeps up and makes it competitive, you'd expect it to be a little bit of a high scoring game. So uh, I think those two things are interesting to look at it. But I think Western Kentucky uh, probably has the edge to to cover six and a half. I do think this will be a close ball game. Um, it'll probably probably be competitive going into the fourth quarter, and from there, you know, anything can happen. I guess. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Let's get into IU basketball. I know I mentioned this some yesterday, but Coach Woodson and the staff announced Indiana's going to have a pro day, which I think makes a lot of sense for the current roster that has professional aspirations for NBA scouts to be invited in to Bloomington for a workout. It's going to take place the same afternoon as Hoosier Hysteria. So we've got that announcement earlier this week. We've got Hoosier Hysteria, uh, what, three weeks away or so. And it seems like every few days an announcement that a new recruit or target is going to be on campus for Hoosier Hysteria to check the campus out and see Assembly Hall and uh, how IU basketball operates on the inside. So we're almost to that big preseason event. Uh, it's an exciting time, and I think a pro day, uh, a good deal for the IU players, and it probably doesn't hurt with recruiting either. I think it's great, especially with the connections you'd assume Mike Woodson has. Um, they're probably going to get some really, some really good um, um, guys there to, to come out and, and scout and, and be a part of that. You know, I think it's going to be a really great experience for the players. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys in Indiana's roster who have aspirations to play at the next level. You know, Trey Jackson Davis. Uh, I'm sure Xavier Johnson and Ray Thompson want to look look to play. You know, you got some of the younger guys like Jalen Hutchinson, Malik Renault, and you know Tamar Bates. I'm sure they're all you know hoping to get to the you know the NBA one day. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for the players on the roster, and also it's it's really cool. Like you said, I think it does help recruiting a lot because if you're if you you know pro days, a lot of things you know basically all football teams do it, and uh, you know it's just kind of a thing everyone does. But you know you don't see it happen with basketball uh, as frequently. So I do think. You know, for Woodson to make this maybe a, a common theme for Indiana and its program in the preseason, uh, it, it's a really enticing thing. You know, when you're coming in as a freshman or, you know, if you have that early experience to kind of get in front of pro scouts, um, that, that's, a, that's a big deal and it's pretty cool. And, and I do think it happening, you know, on the Friday of Hoosier Hysteria when a lot of recruits will be in town. Like you said, I think we just found out yesterday, you know, Caleb Williams will be coming to, to, to Bloomington that, that day as well. So, uh, it's going to be a good weekend overall. You know, it's homecoming weekend, so, you know, the next morning is the homecoming tailgate. Michigan's coming to town. It's a big game, uh, even though Michigan's probably going to be pretty good. But uh, it's, it's going to be overall a really good weekend. A lot of people are going to be in town. It's, you, you know, the, the people coming in will, will get a great experience of kind of how Bloomington is uh, during, during kind of the, the fun sports moments. So uh, I think it's going to be a great experience, like I said, for the players. And like I said, you know, with, with Woodson and his NBA connections, um, this has got to be really, really helpful for them. And, you know, I think, you know, Woodson can tell them as much as they want to hear about, you know, what it takes to play at the next level, but to have more NBA guys, more pro guys kind of come in and, 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 and talk to the guys and be able to kind of share their input um, with them is going to be really helpful. And obviously, you know, Trace has gone through when he's tested the waters and maybe, maybe Race has as well. But 
Um, I think it's going to be great for a lot of these players to get feedback on their games and, and be able to kind of showcase their talents in front of professional scouts. So uh, this is a great thing, and if, if they keep doing this yearly, I think you'll start to see it pay dividends in recruiting. It'll just maybe probably help players get a little better too. So it's just a, it's just really awesome. I'm glad Woodson's doing it, and it just continues to add to the list of things that uh, Woodson keeps bringing to the table to this program. Uh, it's the only positive thing so far right now, and uh, October 7th should be a really, really fun day, I'm sure. You know, we'll see a really good Hoosier hysteria crowd. I know some people um, the last couple of years were, were maybe not as, as pleased with kind of how the crowd showed up, but I think we'll see a pretty good crowd this year in Assembly Hall on October 7th. Yeah, I agree. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, I have an NIL topic I wanted to bring up today, and I had forgotten about this earlier in the week, but a few days ago it was announced that there is a Bloomington NIL club, which is a uh, described on their website as a player-led community that benefits members of the Indiana football team. So interesting, I know a lot of our NIL discussions have been around IU basketball and college basketball, but interesting that IU football has now uh, formed an opportunity for them, led by themselves basically, to see if they can derive some sponsorships and deals and ultimately money for the players through this Bloomington NIL club. I think so too, um, and, and you know I, I've seen this actually. I think I think Purdue football is doing this. I saw them do it a couple of weeks ago. Their players kind of announced it. Um, I think I've seen some Penn State players kind of do something similar to this. So I've seen some Big Ten teams do it, um, and I do think it's it's cool for the football team to try this out because you know listen, if you're not the the star quarterback, you're not one of the the local kids on the team that 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 shines a lot. You're not the best running back. You know, if you're not one of those players, you know, it might be hard. You know, there's so many guys on a football team to, to kind of look at and, and go after. So I think this is great starting this NIL club, you know, with, like it says, it says 75-plus Indiana football players. You know, you could support them on this. So I think it's a great opportunity for all of them just because there's so many. You know, with a basketball team, it's, you know, it's, it's 14 guys, and each guy has their own individual thing. Well, football, there's just so many players that it's harder to potentially maybe spread out that NIL stuff. So, you know, for them to kind of come together and create this one thing where, where people can, can donate, they can, they can, you know, try to create sponsors, like you said, I think it's a really good idea. And it's a great opportunity for, for a lot of the players on the team who might not have those opportunities, you know, otherwise. So, um, like I said, I've seen this with, with Purdue, I think, in a couple other schools. So I think it's really, I don't think it's a really cool thing. And um, right now I'm, I'm on it right now. And it, I think there's $795 raised right now. They're, they're hoping to get 5,000 monthly goals. Um, so, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, hopefully it works out for them. And, you know, I think it just I just kind of launched this week. So, you know, it's an early thing for them, but uh, I think it's a good thing. And, and like we said, we're, we're, we're just going to continue to see kind of new things with NIL as we get more and more used to it. We're going to see more things like this, more kind of group things, I'd imagine. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of football and basketball players are with kind of that that Hoosier for good stuff too. You know, I think a lot of the the men's players, the women's players, and a lot of football players are, are involved with that as well. So there's a lot of kind of group collective things that that are happening right now in Bloomington, which is a good thing. You know, if you can you can do it with a teammate, do it do it with your friends and stuff. It probably makes it a little bit easier to kind of go through the process. So uh, we're just gonna we're gonna continue to see a lot more stuff like this. I'd imagine as as people get more used to kind of how NIL works, what are the best ways to go about it, what's the best way that I can profit off my name, image, likeness, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a good thing that the football team's doing this. Um, and, and, you know, I hope, I hope it works out for them. I hope, I hope they get um, a decent amount of money out of it. I hope they're able to, to have some good experiences with it because um, football is just a lot harder, like I said. So hopefully this works for them. And um, like I said, I think we'll continue to see this a lot more down the road as well. 
Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. I'll close our conversation with the same thing I asked Kyle. He's in Indianapolis. You're in Seymour. What high school football game will you be at tonight? I will be in Bedford, North Lawrence. For uh, Seymour, will be at Bedford tonight. Um, you know, the Hoosiers conference has been pretty thrilling uh, lately. I heard you at the top uh, coming out of this commercial. You mentioned uh, Jeffersonville uh, and Floyd Central playing each other. I saw both those teams already in just some of the craziest games already. You know, it, you know, Seymour played Jeff, and you know, Jeff was up ten in the fourth quarter. Seymour came back and won. And, and last Friday, you know, Floyd went up one over Seymour with a minute twenty left, and Seymour scored at the last second to win the game. So I've seen some crazy games with Jeff and Floyd already. And you know, Bedford's beaten New Albany and Jeff, so they're two and zero. So man, we, we I know you and I talked about this a lot before the season started, but. There's not really a clear favorite right now in the conference. So you know, this will be a big game uh, tonight that I'm going to be at between Seymour and Bedford. It's going to be a big game uh, for you guys with, with Jeff and, and Floyd. So uh, it's, it's been really fun so far. The, the football season in the Hoosiers Conference is definitely delivered, and I'm excited to, to see it through. Yeah, going to be a big one tonight, and you're right. The Hoosier Hills Conference is wide open, that's for sure. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Have a great weekend. We'll talk with you next Friday. All right, sounds good. Thank you. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We're back with the new Jeffersonville baseball coach, Shane Stock. He comes from a big baseball family here in southern Indiana, former coach at Hanover and Transylvania at the college level, and we'll learn all about him and his new challenge at Jeffersonville High School coming up in the next segment. You're listening to a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program, final segment of the week. Glad to have you with us today. And I tell you what, I've said this a few times recently, but all feels right in Southern Indiana High School baseball once again because we have a stock as a head coach of one of our local schools. And, of course, many remember Wayne Stock, the legendary coach at Clarksville High School, and his son Shane Stock earlier this week receive approval from the Greater Clark County School Board to take over the Jeffersonville baseball program. Coach Stock is with us right now. Coach, congratulations on the job, and welcome back to baseball here in the area. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Coach, uh, you come into this job with tons of experience. I think a lot of people know you were most recently the head coach at Hanover, before that Transylvania, and you were raised in a baseball household. You uh, were around your father, obviously, uh, during his time at Clarksville. You played for him. You also worked for him as an assistant coach. So how does it feel now to come back to the area and take over a great program like Jeffersonville and uh, be leading the ship once again? Well, it's a great honor and privilege. Uh, Jeff High is one of the Blue Blood programs in this area, if not the state, and uh, just super excited and can't wait to hit the ground running. 
Absolutely. Talking with Shane Stock, the new Jeffersonville baseball coach. Coach, I, I know that leading teams and young men has been something you've done for a great part of your professional career. How does an experience at Hanover or Transylvania or working years ago for Wayne Stock at Clarksville, how does that prepare you for this job? Well, I think it just gives you different insights and experiences you can draw back on. Uh, every team's different, just like every ball player is different. But if you've been around enough situations, hopefully they'll translate into being able to handle them in the appropriate manner. Coach, I'm not sure that a lot of people know uh, you've been a school teacher in the greater Clark system now for the last number of years. And until the start of this school year, you had been at Jeffersonville High School. So you're taking over a program where you've had a chance to get to know in recent years some of the players and the administrators at the school. So you're not coming into this thing blind as far as Jeffersonville and the situation. You've got some real background there. Yeah, I've taught at Jeff for three school years and got to know a lot of the ball players. Uh, I want to thank Principal Pam Hall and Athletics Director Larry Owens for giving me the opportunity. But uh, a lot of baseball players in the school and just ready to get with them. You mentioned Jeff as a blue blood program. I think that's absolutely the case. I know that because of some fairly new rules in high school athletics, you can have off-season workouts and practices. So you've already had a chance uh, to, to see a little bit of what you will be coaching this spring with the Red Devils. What's the early impression of what Coach Ellis and the previous staff have left behind for you guys to work with and build upon for the future? I think there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of returning varsity players. But uh, I met with the men a couple days ago and watched a little bit of their workout. Uh, a lot of talent and super excited. Shane Stock, he's the new Jeffersonville baseball coach, joining us here on this Friday edition of the program. You know, I talk so often with all the coaches who come on, especially around baseball season, about how good baseball is and has been in this area. Just a number of Division One commitments and players, some guys playing at the professional and minor league levels right this moment. Uh, but you, you're f as familiar with this area long-term as probably anyone that I know. Uh, this area has been so good, and it's been for so long now. Uh, how special is Southern Indiana baseball? Thinking back to your father's days at Clarksville, your days as a player in that program, and then you recruited this area very hard in your college stops and now back as the head coach. This is really a pocket of great baseball here in our state. Absolutely. Uh, this has been a pocket for great baseball for many, many years, but it seems like it's really taken the next step uh, in the last five to ten years. Uh, you mentioned a lot of D1 guys. A lot of guys signing professional contracts. Uh, it's just a testament to how good the coaching is around here and how good all the programs are around here. All right, Coach Stock, I've talked a little bit about your coaching background at the college level and your family ties to baseball, but you also were a pretty doggone good baseball player yourself at Clarksville. Then you went on to be an all-great Lakes Valley Conference pitcher, also the captain at the University of Southern Indiana. So not only have you coached and played the game at a high level, but you were a really good college player. So those experiences, I think, round out your baseball resume very nicely. Absolutely. Uh, playing was a great experience. Playing is for every ball player at some point, and there was no better way to stay involved than to take the next step into coaching. So lots of experiences to draw back on, and I have nothing but fond memories as a player. 
Great. Uh, Coach uh, Shane Stock, our guest. What was your father's reaction? Uh, what was uh, Coach Wayne Stock's reaction when he found out that uh, you were interested in the job and that Jeff was interested in you and that ultimately uh, you received that approval earlier this week? Uh, he was excited. When I told him I was interested, he thought it was a good opportunity. When I told him I was pending board approval, he said, let me know the minute you know. And then once I received word, let him know, and he sent a nice text back. Really excited. All right, that's great. Shane Stock with us. Shane, the new Jeffersonville High School baseball coach, taking over for Derek Ellis, who announced his retirement in August. Coach, as you work ahead, I mentioned some off-season opportunities to do practices and maybe some scrimmages among your team. Uh, and then the baseball season gets rolling as we come out of the cold weather months in very early March. What's the plan between now and the start of the season? I know you know the players. You're assembling a coaching staff. You're working with Coach O on the schedule, but a lot of behind-the-scenes things to get done and accomplish. Well, we've got three weeks left of limited contact practice, which is two days a week. So we'll get after that starting Monday. Uh, and as soon as that's over, we'll turn our attention to the weight room. Uh, never hurts to get bigger, stronger, and faster. Uh, and then just bide our time until March comes around. We can get out there and go at it for real. All right, great stuff. Coach Shane Stock, new baseball coach at Jeffersonville. Coach, I've known you and your family for many years, excited for you, and uh, look forward to more of these conversations as we draw closer to the baseball season. So congratulations, and we'll do this again soon. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Shane Stock with us to round out the week. Uh, great hire for Jeffersonville. They've had tons of baseball success here recently, lots of great players. And with Derek Ellis hanging it up from a coaching perspective a few months ago, Shane Stock it came to, to my mind immediately as an obvious choice there. And so great to see him land the job. And I know he'll be someone good to talk with in advance and after some of the big rivalry games here in the area. And we've had a lot of fun over the years following Jeff and New Albany and uh, Providence and Silver Creek. So many schools here have had great runs in the postseason and uh, our high school baseball coverage has really went over well and uh, look forward to following Coach Stock and the Red Devils this season. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday edition of the program. A couple reminders, high school football tonight, Jeff and Floyd Central. You can find it on ESPN 680 and 105.7 if you're looking for Southern Indiana High School football uh, this evening. Jeff and Floyd, both of those teams looking for a win. It's a rivalry game. It's a conference game. But the game of the night as far as the boss of the area is the battle of unbeatens. Charlestown and Providence will battle tonight. I've said a few times I feel like Charlestown the big favorite, but Providence has been playing well. Quarterback Carter Landon is out. Uh, reserve quarterback has stepped in and, and done some good things for Providence. So can they keep it close? Can they battle? If they can, it's a good sign for Providence uh, when you think about their 1A sectional coming up a little bit later in the year. Also, the Harvest Hoop Fest 3-on-3 three -three tournament, a final plug for that. It begins at 8.30 tomorrow morning at Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park in New Albany. Romeo Court, the Phillips Covered Court. I don't know if you've ever seen these courts or not. They're amazing facilities. And we've got 47 three-on-three -three teams that are going to battle it out over seven different divisions on Saturday. Games last all the way until 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night. So if you're out and about and you want to see some basketball, we've got kids, we've got high school players, we've got adults 18 and over, 
It'll be some really good competition, and it's the kickoff, for me at least, of Harvest Homecoming. I love that time of year, the weather, uh, the festival, the parade. Always announce that parade every year with Vernon Niemeyer, my great friend. And uh, this tomorrow kind of kicks off the festival for me. It's a event, a partnership between Floyd County Parks and Recreation and the Harvest Homecoming Festival. That's going to wrap things up for today. I'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. We'll recap everything with college and high school football and see how the Hoosiers do in their big game with Western Kentucky on Saturday afternoon. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.